Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Today is Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019. This is Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from the NAACP convention here at Cobo Center in Detroit. Got a jam-packed show for you. You'll hear from Derek Johnson, president of the NAACP, talking about their focus on the 2020 campaign. Also, Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez, he also will join us talking about, again, their focus when it comes to candidates running for office and also talking about the first debate that will take place at HBCU in September in Houston. We'll also uh, we'll hear uh, from uh, Congressman Al Green. He introduced the resolution on the floor of the NAACP calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump. It was unanimous vote. You will get to see exactly what took place as well. Also on the show, our crazy, crazy as white people segment, you know some crazy stuff that's already happened and we have more for you. It's time to bring the funk. Rolling Mark Unfiltered. Let's go. He's Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best belief, 
folks. We're here in Detroit for the 110th annual NAACP convention. Of course, uh, it has been uh, quite busy two days. Tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, you're going to have uh, a number of the presidential candidates running on the Democratic side who will be here for a presidential forum. But we'll get to that uh, in a moment with our panel. But first, uh, today, the NAACP delegates unanimously voted uh, for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Uh, Re Representative Al Green of Houston, uh, of course, member of Congress, but also a former president of the Houston branch of the NAACP. He was here to actually introduce that resolution. Uh, and folks here made it perfectly clear they want to see Donald Trump impeach. This is what took place today in Detroit. Simply insult individuals. Mm -hmm. okay. She said she sent an amendment. Question has been called. Cut off debate on the emergency resolution. All those in favor, raise your voting card. Those opposed? Debate is, is cut. Debate has ended. We're now voting on the emergency resolution as amended. All those in favor, raise your voting card. All those opposed? The chair declares that this resolution has passed unanimously. As I said, Congressman Al Green, he was here to actually read that resolution and introduce it. He and I sat down and he explained why he wanted the NAACP to be on record for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Hey, folks, Roland Martin here. We are, of course, in Detroit for the 110th annual NAACP annual convention. Uh, and right now, of course, uh, they're about to vote on various resolutions. Joining us right now, uh, a former president uh, of NAACP branch in Houston, uh, now congressman from Houston, Al Green. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well, better than I deserved it, brother. Thank you for all that you do. Many people don't know of your great works in the human rights, civil rights movement to the extent that I do. I want the world to know that I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Let's get right to it. You just finished speaking on stage, uh, speaking to a resolution for the NAACP calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Why is it important, even though the NAACP is a nonpartisan organization, why is it important from your vantage point that they support that resolution and pass it? Well, thank you. The NAACP is maintaining its position of being nonpartisan. That's a nonpartisan resolution. It's not about Democrats. It's about democracy. It's not about Republicans. It's about the Republic. And it's important to have the NAACP's name associated with this endeavor because the NAACP brings a level of credibility that no other organization can blame, bring. It's the oldest civil rights organization in the country, and it will have some influence on people who actually vote in the House of Representatives, knowing that the NAACP is on board. Uh, obviously, uh, you had less than 100 folks who voted for it, but since you have an additional number of Democrats who, who come out for this as well, Robert Mueller is testifying tomorrow as well. Do you think it's important for people to also continue to put pressure on Speaker Nancy Pelosi to have hearings so people can actually hear the various details in that Mueller report as opposed to what we've seen thus far, just Attorney General Barr giving his synopsis? I think hearings are important, but I also know this, that the president has said enough in the public domain for us to move forward. The president can be impeached for his bigotry. Andrew Johnson was impeached for bigotry in 1868. I believe it would be far better for us 
to impeach him for his bigotry, that obstruction of justice. Now, I was the first to call for his impeachment for obstruction of justice on the House floor. But I understand now that this is an opportunity for us to send a message to those who will look through the vista of time in terms of how we attack bigotry. Those who tolerate bigotry perpetuate bigotry. We should not allow it to perpetuate. We can actually impeach a president for it. We just have to demand it. I assure you, if this president behaved this way and he were a certain other president, let's just call him President Obama, he would be impeached just for what he has said. Do you also believe that this emboldens him by having essentially no repercussions against him for his actions? You are so correct, eminently so. When he sees that there are no guardrails, it does embolden him. He has become now a president who believes that he can do pretty much anything that he wants. And by the way, that's what he's doing. When he says go back, that's a trope that you and I understand has been used many times against us personally. And it is something that sends a message to another group of people in society who didn't want us to be here in the first place. Those people then become activated. He incites hate. We must not allow him to finish his presidency without our having had our last word, which is for impeachment. Last question for you. I know you have to get back to Washington, D.C. Let's talk about uh, your, your, just your thoughts on the cowardice of Republicans uh, who are unwilling to really stand up in significant numbers. Only four voted for the Democratic resolution to condemn his uh, racist tweets. Many are offering all kind of excuses. Uh, th that, to me... Uh, again, shows exactly where the Republican Party is today in 2019, that they as a party would not condemn clear, undeniable racism from this man. History will not be kind to the Republican Party for its lack of standing up for the American people. You're not standing up for black people. You're not standing up for brown people. You're standing up for the American people whenever you take on bigotry and hatred and a president who has obstructed justice. This is all about whether anyone is going to be above the law. We all say no one is above the law. Well, if you don't take a stand against what the person is doing that is against the law, then you're allowing that person to be above the law. We ought not allow this to happen. I don't think history is going to be kind to Republicans. Now, having said that, I have to say this. Um, we need the spirit of 1868 in the Congress because, and that's when Andrew Johnson was impeached, because we cannot allow this to become just Republicans. Democrats have got to get on the impeachment bandwagon as well. Uh, while I would love to have Republicans, we have 235 Democrats. Mm -hmm. We can do this without a Republican. And, and, and I would love to do it, but we can't. For the folks who don't understand Constitution, sure. House impeaches, Senate convicts, exactly. or find out guilty. So the reality is, uh, he, so when, when you say impeached, he could be impeached in the House. That goes down, obviously, of record. The conviction comes in the Senate. That's where the removal comes in. Absolutely correct. And Andrew Johnson, who was impeached, did not win his next election, by the way. Uh, Bill Clinton was impeached. His heir apparent did not win the election. Impeachment is an indelible stain that is placed on a president. The House does it. We can do it with 212 votes, assuming all members of president voting. 200, 200, 218 votes, mm -hmm. all members of president voting. We in the House can take up this with or without Republican support. And we can pass 
impeachment with or without Republican and, support. And you don't. And again, first of all, your job in the House is to do the business of the House. When you hear Speaker Pelosi say, "Well, the, the Senate is not going to convict because a waste of time," that's the, the, the that to me is the equivalent of saying, "Well, you could you could pass a bill which Democrats have done in the yeah. House, and yeah. McConnell doesn't take up." So what does that mean? You don't take up any bills in the House? Uh, we we have passed many bills in this session that he has not taken up. He's not going to take up minimum wage, the last one that we passed just before we left. Uh, we must do our job and let the Senate do its job. And I'll add this. If the Senate doesn't do its job, then you'll know what senators we need to take a second look at. Got it. Also, if the Senate doesn't do its job, then I believe history will show that the Senate itself was on the wrong side of history. Thank you very much. Congressman Al Green, we got to go. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, let's break it down with our panel. We have Kelly Bethea, communication strategist, Dr. Jason Nichols, Department of African American Studies at University of Maryland, uh, and uh, Malik Abdul. That's right, not not Malik. Uh, Malik, he's back. Of course, uh, <laughs> you know, I, look, you knew I was going to mess with you, so let's not let's not act like that wasn't going to happen. Of course, uh, Malik, Vice President, Black Conservative Federation. All right, Malik, I'll let you get started first. NAACP unanimous supporting Representative Al Green for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Your response? Oh, it's, it's not surprising um, that they would do something like that. I imagine that this time next year when we have the, the same conversation about the NAACP convention, and Trump declines to show up again, you know, you only have to look at this to see why just he probably shouldn't have gone in the first place. Because I don't know if they would have done that had Trump no, actually. No, that's, that's nonsense. No, that's, that's nonsense. First of all, first of all, I, I, I guarantee you uh, the resolution would have still actually taken place uh, had Trump come. I actually interviewed Derek Johnson and talked to him about that. He's going to explain later exactly what took place. Uh, Donald Trump really did not want to answer any questions, uh, Jason, from this body. That's what the real issue was. He wanted to come in here and give his usual spiel. And they said, no, you're a candidate. But you'll hear more of that from Derek Johnson a little bit later. But, but, but Jason, on this uh, resolution, again, it was unanimous. Uh, the membership, uh, they stood with Congressman Al Green. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, I agree with uh, Melek uh, that actually, you know, this, this was expected, uh, and it's the right thing to do. I think that there's so much evidence. I think tomorrow when we hear from Bob Mueller, he's going to illustrate it and make it come alive again that the president obstructed justice, that that's unbecoming of a president of the United States. He's racially divisive. Uh, and an organization that has been devoted to uh, racial justice should condemn him uh, and not want him to be our, our commander in chief any longer. So this was no surprise uh, to me. And I think the organization did what was right. So, Kelly, when you, when, when you look at this resolution, bottom line is, uh, if you listen to Congressman Al Green, he wasn't just talking about what took place in 2016 with Russia. He talked about uh, uh, the bigoted comments from this particular president, his behavior, how he has acted. He said that's what he should be impeached for. Your thoughts on this NAACP resolution? I couldn't agree more with it. I mean, we have not just, like uh, Al Green said, we have years now of behavior and lies and and situations in which if there were any other person in this office they would he, the he or she would have been impeached by now they probably wouldn't have even been elected 
mm-hmm. by now. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we are this far along and still nothing has been mm-hmm. done, we are getting closer, according to what I, uh, I recall Al Green saying, we now have more votes than the last time um, there was a vote regarding impeachment. So we have more coming together in, in terms of making this an initiative. But I think we're behind the ball on this as Democrats. This should have happened in 2016 before, you know, we had this mess. Well, but here's the deal, though. The the reality is, uh, well, first of all, 2016, Democrats did control the House. Okay, so Democrats didn't get control of the House until 2000, after 2018. So this wasn't going to happen uh, in 2016. Republicans certainly were not going to do it. Uh, now, of course, you have Robert Mueller who's going to be testifying tomorrow. Uh, and so people are going to actually hear from him about what his report said, not an analysis, not an opinion from William Barr, uh, Malik, but actually from the guy who actually led it. And, and you have the White House, of course, who's trying their best uh, to stun it. They, they, have, they have sent a letter saying that he cannot answer any questions that go outside of the report claiming executive privilege. What the hell is that all about? Well, I'm not really sure what's the standard or, or really um, why he would answer. There is none. Well, They're I, making I'm, it up. Yeah, but I'm just not sure why he would answer what he's there to testify about his um, you know, a couple of year long investigation. And I'm just not sure what benefit there would be for him to talk about things outside of the investigation. So I don't necessarily disagree with what the um, White House is pushing back against in that sense. But of what I will say. Are you serious? Uh, c- come on, come on, Malik. Are you serious? But look, they have been trying to extend executive privilege to every person, even people who don't even work for the White House anymore. Okay, so they're trying to extend this in areas that are nonsensical. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, again, I, you know, I haven't followed it closely enough to see what, you know, what things they're actually claiming executive privilege over. But I just don't know why would, why would M- M- Mueller ask, answer questions that are outside of the investigation? Because that's the only thing that we're talking about, the investigation. So I'm just not sure why he okay. would answer questions outside of that. Well, fine, Jason. Leave it up to him to answer whatever questions he wants. But to have the Department of Justice weigh in telling him what he can and cannot answer shows uh, this administration wants to control everything. And they're frankly going really way beyond what the law says. Absolutely. They, they are 100 percent very scared uh, that Bob Mueller is actually going to be speaking. Uh, but to be honest, Roland, I think what's in the report is enough. I think when Americans actually hear you know, because people heard the spin. They heard, you know, news organizations try to show both sides. They heard the White House talking points from uh, from other organizations. They heard uh, the president saying he was totally exonerated. This is going to tear the skirt off, and we're going to see the bare-naked report coming from the man who wrote it. And I think that that's going to be enough when people see how this man obstructed justice. Of course, he's always going to have his cult-like followers, But there are people out there who are going to be swayed by hearing Bob Mueller's voice actually say what was in the report. So I don't even think we actually need to hear any extra dirt that's lying under the carpet. I think that there's plenty on the surface. All right, then, uh, folks, uh, again, also here uh, in Detroit, I had a chance to talk with Tom Perez, who is the chair of the Democratic National Committee. He spoke to the NAACP delegates, uh, and here is our conversation. Joining us right now, folks, uh, is Tom Perez. Of course, he is the chairman uh, of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, how you doing? Stay, take a seat right here, sir. Uh, good to have you here. 
Great uh, to be with you. Uh, glad to see you. First and foremost, I just finished started. I just t- chatted with uh, Congressman Al Green here. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on his continuing push, calling for the impeachment of President Trump, and trying to get this body to actually pass a resolution endorsing that. Well, I think uh, tomorrow is going to be important because we need to hear from Director Mueller. I was a prosecutor at the Department of Justice for a long time. I had, and I did public corruption cases, Roland. I had a lot of people who would come to me and say, you've got to indict this person tomorrow. And I understood that instinct because there was frequently a a cloud of uncertainty that hung over it. Uh, I'm a big believer, and this is based on, you know, 13 years at DOJ, that I have to marshal the facts, I have to gather the facts before I move forward with something. And that's exactly what they're doing on the House side. That's why tomorrow is a seminal day to hear from Director Mueller. I did a lot of public corruption cases where the defendants were stonewalling and and I had to go to court. And that's what our House leadership is doing right now. And we're winning every time in court. So you you believe believe the process that Speaker Nancy Pelosi is on is the right one in terms of taking this thing slow as opposed to immediately going to hearings or immediately taking an impeachment vote? I I, I agree with uh, Speaker Pelosi. And I think we, you know, I've always been a believer, you know, ready, aim, fire. And also the thing to understand is the only way to defeat this president is at the ballot box. Because the U.S. Senate, if this president is impeached, you know they, they don't do anything. For, they're a lapdog for Donald Trump. And so I want to make sure my, my focus as DNC chair is I got 489 days till the weekend. And my focus every single day is to make sure that we are organizing people. That's why we're here at the NAA conference. That's why we're coming back next week for the second Democratic Party mm-hmm. debate. Uh, places like Michigan. Detroit in particular, are critical to our success. We're organizing early. And that's what we have to do to win is is to get into every community, articulate our values, listen, and fight for those issues that matter most to people. Let's talk about the presidential race. Obviously, you have a ton of people uh, who are running. I think it's is it 25, 26. I know Congressman Eric Swalwell has dropped out. Uh, I, I, you've had some people critical of uh, the rules. I just saw Governor Bullock on ABC this week on Sunday when I was on complaining about that. Is that winnowing process important, establishing who doesn't meet a certain threshold? Because, again, at the end of the day, if you've got 10, 12 people who are not even getting 1%, um, it, does it make sense for, for for them to be on the stage. Uh, and so talk about that, that, that winnowing process sure. that you have. Well, let me talk about our North Star first. Our North Star principle during this primary process has been we want to be fair to every single person who's running. We want to be fair in fact, fair in perception. And so back in January or February, we set forth the rules for the June debates. And they were inclusive. And I'm proud that they were inclusive because Early on, I don't want to just have a polling threshold, Roland, because, you know, that just measures name ID right, in many right. cases. So we did something unprecedented. We, we gave people a polling pathway mm-hmm. to the debate stage, and we gave people a grassroots fundraising pathway. We said for these first two debates, 1% in three polls or 65,000 donors. And we wanted to return power to the grassroots. From a certain number of states this way. Including at least 200 from no less than 20 states. And we got got that from the 1971 uh, campaign, public campaign finance law that Congress passed. So So you're trying to show breadth of one's uh, appeal. And also, if if you want to win the presidency, you've got to connect with the grassroots. One of the most prolific grassroots fundraisers in politics right now is Donald Trump. And uh, I've, I've heard some criticism from some candidates saying that, well, this is too hard. 
And with all due respect, uh, if you can't connect with the grassroots, then that's a real problem. And so we, we've set forth those two, the, the threshold for mm -hmm. June and July. Now in September, it moves up, and, and that happens every debate cycle, every primary cycle. The closer you get to mm -hmm. the uh, Iowa and New Hampshire, the, the higher the bar is. And so for September, you need 2%. And not or two percent and one hundred and thirty thousand right. unique voters, including four hundred from uh, twenty states. And if you've got a hundred thousand today, all you need is another thirty. You, right. have, you know, it doesn't go back to zero. So let's talk about the September debate that's going to take place at Texas Southern University, uh, my to. hometown in Houston, uh, HBCU there as well. Uh, so explain to the folks. Uh, I know we we've been communicating. Yeah. So it's 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 also happening on the Thursday and the Friday, same time as Congressional Black Caucus Foundation ALC. Uh, so explain to folks who have no idea, yeah. was that a DNC decision? Was that, was, that a, was that an ABC decision? How did that come about? Right. We were in contact with the CBC uh, Foundation in connection with this. And here's the challenge. We have a, a network, ABC, that's willing to give us two weeknights in a row. The challenge with September is two week, yeah, two prime time we night when, when the TV new TV season starts, and that's the challenge. So if you look at September, you got September 11th. We're obviously not going to do something on 9/11. You've got Monday night football and Thursday night football, right. which we we want to maximize eyeballs. And then when you get into the middle of September, that's when the new season starts, and it's it's frankly impossible to to find two weeknights in September. Uh, after the 15th where any of the networks would have, any of the non-cable networks would have done it. So, And there were criticism in 2016 that you had debates on the weekends. So that's also there. And that's, we're, we're sensitive to all of that. We want to make sure you want without getting you high. Until recently, hemp was farming was practically illegal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill changed all of that, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S. and creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. And they need land to grow all of the plants. Folks, this is not rocket science. It's just an investment, an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. In their business model, it is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow up. With that notion, we're not a monolith. But also understanding our history, we've always had organizations that were representative bodies like the NAACP, where individuals come from across the country for in 47 states that come together and vote on From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, 
Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app.